Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's Friday, and that means a look at the best and worst takes of the week, featuring Javier Malai flipping the verbal double bird right to the faces of the World Economic Forum. Speaking of the WEF, it allowed a native woman to blow directly into their faces while planning for the next pandemic. Also, we've got takes on race and gender that will make your head spin. What a week it was. So let's get in to some critical thinking. That's right, folks. It is time for Critical Thinking. You know the drill by now. I am Andrew Coppins. You can follow me on X or elsewhere at The Coppins Show. Of course, you can always download, subscribe, follow, whatever it is on your favorite podcasting platform. But whatever podcasting platform that is, make sure that you are interacting with the show by giving it a review or very simply doing the small, minute thing of giving it a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can give it a review or a rating or whatever have you. But you can always watch this show on X. It is at The Coppin Show on X. You can watch on our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. So that's really that in a nutshell. It's Friday. You know the drill. I like to give you your best and worst takes of the week and I've got a Richard of the week that's both hilarious and very Richard-like, and you're going to find out about that in a moment. But before we get into that, um, I thought that we would take a look at the worst takes of the week. So let's dive right on in. All right, so the worst takes of the week There are four of them. I couldn't really separate them out, but there were four of them, one of which features gender, a discussion of gender, from my home state of Wisconsin. This bill isn't about protecting anyone's rights. It's about taking them away. AB 510 gives adults the power to determine the names and pronouns used for their child at school. This directly risks 
undermining the dignity and identity of LGBTQ students who may not be supported or respected for their chosen names and pronouns at school, which may be the only safe space for some children. This bill... So now, according to a representative from the village of Cottage Grove, and if you know anything about Wisconsin or if you don't know anything about Wisconsin, Cottage Grove is in Dane County. It is uh, just about 15-ish, maybe so minutes outside of Madison to the east of Madison. Um, But it's in Dane County, one of the most liberal counties in Wisconsin. So this isn't all that surprising, I guess, from that perspective. But from the perspective of sanity, what are parents allowed to do then? Just just a question. Just, just a very basic question. What exactly are parents really allowed to do at all? Again, listen to this. This bill isn't about protecting anyone's rights. It's about taking them away. AB 510 gives adults the power to determine the names and pronouns used for their child at school. This directly risks undermining the dignity. Yes, yes, that is the point. Parental rights. But again, this is all in the vein of BLM Inc., the Marxist left of today. They don't believe in parental rights. They don't believe in the nuclear family. They don't. They say as much. And you need to pay attention. This isn't just rhetoric. This is what they believe and want to put into action. So the only people that have a right to demand something about their children are whom? If you're not allowed to say, yeah, no, we're not playing this game. I, uh, I just... How do you live in a society in which that is also the case? How do you live side by side with that? I just, wow, folks, wow. Speaking of wow, um, this one I'm going to tell you right now, if you are listening via podcast, go ahead and hit pause right now because this one you have to see to fully understand. But uh, a Native American or native of some sort shaman type individual came to give some blessing or something at the World Economic Forum. I'm not sure what it was. All I know is it's really ironic coming from the group that um, was also talking about disease X and uh, wanted us all to lock down for evs during COVID because uh, how dare you breathe on me. <laughs> Whew. 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 
So for those of you who have to laugh, and the reason why this is in the worst takes is because we're in the down cycle, okay, yes, of COVID-19 and respiratory illnesses more broadly um, because it's all cyclical. And we've proven that quite literally if you were to just watch the case numbers, it's it's like clockwork. We won't see cases rise again until April. They will continue to rise until early May. They'll go fall back down. They won't rise again until late July, early August. They'll go back down. Then it will be October-ish. We might see something. Then we won't see it again until December into January. It's about four to six weeks of up, 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 and then just right back down. But... All of that notwithstanding, we're right in the middle of that period. And these a-holes at the World Economic Forum want you and I to mask up forever, to bow down to government control over everything. Meanwhile, because this lady is some sort of shaman, medicine woman, whatever the hell that was, she has the right to literally blow in your face. But Andrew, maybe she tested negative for COVID. Right. Did she test negative for COVID the morning of uh, the the 30 minutes before, the few hours before she went on stage? No. Oh, she could have passed COVID according to these idiots on the stage. Two years ago, even a year ago, oh, hell no, don't blow on my face. You're going to kill me to blow on my face because uh, bow down to native populations. And I use that air quotes because I don't know whom this is or where she is representative of. And I'm not even about to go and do that research because it doesn't really matter. Nothing to do with her. It has everything to do with them. They are lying sacks of co. Crap. Now, speaking of lying sacks of crap, um, because everything in the world of sports has to revolve around woke politics of the sports writer crowd, you see, and because a black man is now in charge of the New England Patriots, we have to talk about race or something of that nature. And Gerard Mayo was asked about seeing color. I, I can't even with this response. I do see color because I believe if you don't see color, you can't see racism. And whatever, whatever happens, black, white, disabled person, I've always, even someone with disabilities, I always, uh, you know, for the most part, people are like, you know, don't, you know, when they're young, they, they kind of make the spot hot. Younger people know what that means. But what I would say is, like, no, I want you to be able to go up to those people and really understand those people. So it goes back to whatever it is, black, white, yellow, it really doesn't matter, but it does matter so we can try to fix a problem that we all know we have. Word salad. You can tell that this is Gerard Mayo attempting to placate the woke set, knowing what he needs to say to placate them, but he doesn't really necessarily believe what he is telling you. If he believed what he was saying, 
he wouldn't have gone back on the actual statement. You see, he says that he sees race because you have to see race in order for racism to exist. If you see somebody only by their skin color, that's the definition of race. Martin Luther King Jr., and this was probably asked because of Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and celebration this week. His point in I have a dream that, you know, we no longer see color, right, all that stuff. The point he is making is we want to judge them by the content of their character. Not what they look like on the outside, but whom are they? Now, it's ironic, again, that Martin Luther King Jr., one of the most flawed characters of the civil rights movement, is talking about judging people by the character that they have because if we were to really do that, Martin Luther King Jr. would be one of the fewest people, one of the least people we should be listening to on anything because he was one of the, he was a very flawed pretty terrible human being when it comes to being a man of God, especially a pastor, especially. But that notwithstanding, the point still stands that he's right. We should be judging people on their character, on whom they are, not what they look like. I'm lucky enough to grow up in a generation in which that was still the case. You didn't want to see somebody by their skin color. That doesn't mean that you don't notice. That's idiotic. But that that doesn't mean that's where it stops. And that's the point. For the far left and the woke set today, for the DEI, the whatever you want to call it, it starts and ends with race. There's nothing in between. If you are one race, there's nothing that you can do that's wrong. If you are of another race, you're an oppressor and you're always wrong. You're born racist, you're this, you're that, whatever have you. What Gerard Mayo spoke is real racism, actually. There's a difference between recognizing that somebody's had a different lived experience because of race, potentially, and attempting to understand their lived experience, but that is to get to know them. That is to understand their individual character, their individual experiences, just as you would anybody of your own quote-unquote race, right? I just, we, we have to stop this. And most importantly, the sports media needs to get back to asking questions about the damn sport. I don't care what Gerard Mayo thinks about anything other than what the hell is going on with the New England Patriots and the NFL. Nor should you, nor should anybody else, and that goes for people of the left, people of the right, people of libertarian, people of socialism, whatever have you. Don't care. We need to stop caring. And I think a lot of us have. But we also need to demand that our sports writers stop this crap. And really the only solution to that is to occupy their space, meaning push them out of the business. Now, sadly, Sports Illustrated, we get the news earlier today here on Friday that um, they are basically ceasing all 
in person or person uh, writing, period, likely to be all AI going forward. Now, I will tell you this. I fervently believe that you could easily use AI to write your game story. It, it, it shouldn't be that difficult for AI to do that. But, but it does take a human being behind that AI to correctly prompt. And I think that's really where things are going is those who know how to use AI and prompt it correctly are going to have jobs. Those that don't, those that are just classic sports writers probably won't. And that's okay. Because guess what? Those who 15 years ago, or those, let's say, five years ago who refused to get on board with doing video or podcasting or anything like that have largely been or become irrelevant in the sports media world or in the media world writ large. The point of the matter is this. The world's changing. Sports writing is changing. Writing in general is changing. What are you going to do about it? Your value is likely in how you can prompt and what you want AI to tell in that story. Now, your other value is in becoming a deep investigative type reporter, meaning you're breaking news, meaning you're putting together well-thought-out, well-researched, maybe even using AI in some of that statistical research, but well-thought-out, well-researched pieces. It's going to shrink the pool of people who sit there in front of, you know, Coach XYZ and ask idiotic questions, by the way. I also think AI could do a lot to ask really good questions of a head coach or manager or whatever have you following a game, win, lose, draw, whatever it might be in whatever sport it might be. It can speak the language and, and prompt you to ask pertinent questions. I think we'd be actually much better off. Less politics, less BS, more focus on the X's and O's of the game and, and how it happened versus all of the ancillary stuff. That's the reality of that. I think we would be much, much, much better off. But to get away from the tangent of SI and AI and, AI and all of that stuff, the, the point of the matter is, otherwise, it is incumbent upon us to occupy these spaces and deliver to later on in this program, talking about Javier Malai, the, um, the um, Argentinian president speaking at the World Economic Forum. It is incumbent upon us to create a product that people want to consume that's better than what is out there currently. Now, I will say part and parcel of the problem is you also have to have access. And then the NFL and its collective clubs or organizations or teams, however they want to organize or structure themselves, um, they're notorious for reigning in access instead of giving more access. That's the reality of this situation. And, and maybe those who can write long form, those who can do that type of investigative work or, um, you know, inside baseball type stuff are, are the future because that is something that AI really can't do. But that's a skill set. 
And so is prompting AI, by the way. That can be a skill set. It'll be interesting to see what goes down. But again, if you don't want Gerard Mayo being asked about stupid racial questions when what does it matter to him coaching and winning games to the New England Patriots other than his ability to connect to players a little bit differently based off of maybe some commonalities and things like that in terms of lived experiences. But there's coaches all over the NFL who are white and get over that by, here's a novel concept, getting to know the players and their experiences and listening and understanding. That doesn't mean they're woke. That just means they're curious about their character or curious about whom they are as people. That's it. I, I, short of eliminating the beat reporter, I don't know how you get away from this. I don't. But it needs to happen. All right, with that being said, now is a great time for us to crown a brand new Richard of the week. And this video, folks, just just wow. But it is time for a brand new Richard of the week. And the brand new Richard of the week is... The guy who walks out in this video, again, if you're not watching, you need to be because I will say this is in the pantheon of just out of context or not even out of context, just what in, the, in what world does this ever happen? This is up there with like the, um, the kid, was it Cambodia or somewhere in Southeast Asia, just literally smoking heaters, right? Just just taking cigarette after cigarette down like he's been doing it for 40 years and the kid's gotta be like seven eight um this video is up there with that basically supporting um uh ron they're basically supporting nikki haley so they're going <laughs> again if you're not watching you miss it but Dick Morris is giving a hit on Newsmax and, and uh, he's giving a guest spot there, right? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Then, 
in the middle of his answer, there's a dude who walks out in like 1950s wife beater and boxers just straight out of a bedroom right into the shot like he doesn't even care. Um, I just, I, I just, I, I think we need to play this again. Basically supporting, um, uh, Ron, they're basically supporting Nikki Haley. So they're going to definitely supporting, um, uh, Ron, they're basically supporting Nikki Haley. <laughs> just walks out, notices the cameras there looks directly at the camera and keeps on going because needs a late night snack. There's so much to unpack in this video. I just can't. Folks, I just can't. There's so much to unpack here. But from the Dick Morris perspective, how the hell do you allow this to happen? Also, this should end Newsmax's credibility on anything. Okay, on anything. Just, it's very simple. You have to have good lighting. You have to have an available microphone or headset that is uninterrupted or earbuds or whatever have you. Uh, good lighting, good audio, and a camera available. This looks like Dick Morris using his laptop face-forward camera with no lighting and no external microphone of any kind. Bye-bye. Um, Dick, thank you for your time. Bye-bye. We, we can't use you until you upgrade that stuff. Um, we have some standards here at Newsmax. Also, apparently we have to write in or into a contract or a writer that, uh, you must be in a, um, Space devoid of other human beings. Dick Morris. Let, let me quickly do this because I am pretty sure that Dick Morris. Okay. The dude has got to be. Oh, 75 years old. He is 75. If. I am to go here to his Wikipedia page, okay? His spouse. He's been married since 1981. Also, Dick Morris, famous for cavorting with prostitutes in the 90s. Got a question for you. In what world does a 75-year-old man have another man half-naked in his home walking around in any way, shape, or form? And also, that doesn't look very much like his house. That looks very much like a one-bedroom apartment. I, I just... What is... What the, what is going on? I, I just, 
how does this happen? Newsmax, how do you all... I just... It is hilarious and infuriating from a media perspective at the same time. I just... I just can't... <laughs> I just... This is so phenomenally, egregiously bad. I... I, I just... How? <laughs> On so many levels. All right, folks. I think we have to move on. But, but oh, man. Okay. So those are really the worst takes of the week. We had one on race, one on gender, and apparently one that says blow into people's faces as long as you're an indigenous, native, shaman-type individual totes cool with the WAF, but the rest of you mask up, shut up, and don't get within six feet of another human being, you absolute murderous bastards. Beyond that, the World Economic Forum actually did some good this week because they allowed Argentinian President Javier Malay to, well, speak capitalistic truth to these absolute idiots. And that's where we're going to go with the best take and best takes of the week because I could literally just play his entire 23-minute speech, but I'm not going to. I'll spare you of that. And part of this is this is the awesomeness and, and also the craziness and fearfulness of AI technology at work because Javier Malai does not speak English. The translator that was working that day to translate to English was freaking awful. Dry, terrible, horrible. However, the world of AI has given us a version of Javier Malai's speech in English that used Javier Malai's cadence and his speech, how he would speak if he were to speak English, given his Spanish accent. It was phenomenally done. I can't believe it. But also fearful because if they could do this, they could just, out of whole cloth, make it up. And how do you know the difference without going to an app or whatever have you? That being said, for our purposes, for the purposes of watch what he says and listen to what he says, this is absolutely amazing. So it's time to get in to our best takes of the week. All right. So the first of the best takes is just very simply... His opening, I found phenomenal. This is, considering he's speaking in front of those who want collectivism, control, international economics, whatever, whatever label you want to give it, they want full control. This is him literally standing on the stage in front of these a-holes and flipping them the double bird. Today I am present to inform you that the Western world is facing a significant threat. It is in danger because those who are supposed to defend the values of the Western world are co-opted by a worldview that inevitably leads to socialism and consequently to poverty and economic deprivation. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-intentioned desires to help others and others by the desire to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We are here to tell you 
that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world, but rather they are... The they're the source of the problem is how he ends that. That's hilariously awesome considering this is a group of collectivists that he is standing in front of. And it set up the rest of the speech. He spoke for 23 minutes. You can see it on X, um, all of that sort of stuff. But one of the things that I think that I really enjoyed was his talk on the realities of social justice and how long it's actually been a thing. We've known it here in the United States as a thing beyond the Catholic Church and its teachings. And I could do a, an entire episode on the difference between Catholic social justice, its meaning, and what it's been perverted into from a broader collectivist Marxist ideology. I could do an entire episode just on that, and I won't. But the meaning of economic social justice as the modern socialist movement sees it. Listen to what he has to say on this. The left's doxa has attacked capitalism for its moral issues, for being, according to them, as its detractors say, unjust. They claim capitalism is bad because it's individualistic and collectivism is good because it's altruistic towards others. And thus they strive for social justice. But this concept that has become trendy in the developed world recently in my country, it has been a constant in political discourse for over 80 years. The issue is that social justice is unfair and doesn't contribute to general well-being. On the contrary, it's an inherently unfair idea because it's violent. It's unfair because the state is financed through taxes and taxes are collected coercively. Or can any of us confidently say that they pay taxes of their own free will? This implies that the state is funded through coercion and that the higher the tax burden, the greater the coercion, leading to a reduction in freedom. That's just laying it out flat for everybody. I, I, I just, I love that take because it also talks about the fact that just because you believe in community doesn't make you ultra-listically ultra good bad, evil, anything in between doesn't make you any more moral than somebody who wants to focus on individual success and freedom. And more importantly, he just calls social justice out for its evilness, period, point blank. But he's got more because he didn't just take on the socialist. He also took on neoclassical, that's right, neoclassical economic theory. The theoretical framework I am referring to is neoclassical economic theory, which designs an instrument unintentionally functional to the intrusion of the state, socialism, and the degradation of society. The issue with neoclassicals is that since the model they fell in love with doesn't match reality, they attribute the error to the supposed market failure instead of revising the premises of their model. On the text about a supposed market failure, regulations are introduced that only generate distortions in the price system that hinder economic calculation and consequently savings, investment and growth. This problem essentially lies in the fact that not even supposedly libertarian economists understand what the market is, since if it were understood, it would quickly be seen 
that it is impossible for there to be such a thing as a market failure. That last part is vitally important. If we had truly free markets, truly free markets, how can there be a failure? The only way that there can be a failure in the marketplace is when individuals decide they don't want to interact anymore. And is that really a failure or just a differing of market trends? Markets are always going to ebb and flow. Popular things become unpopular, become just normal, become whatever, right? Remember the first time you got your Amazon Prime membership? How many of you don't have Amazon Prime? In fact, people will look at you like you have a third eye if you don't have an Amazon Prime membership these days. I bet you, I bet you 70% or more of American households have an Amazon Prime membership right? But his talk is about coercion, about free market principles in action. We don't have truly free markets. Capitalism itself isn't truly free market economics. It is adjacent to, but he makes the point, right? That you can't go down that road. So I, I found it fascinating that he literally told the neoclassicals to get bent if you believe that price fixing or um, regulation or whatever have you is going to somehow fix the market. It doesn't really fix the market. It changes the market. Does it change it for the better or for the worse? Or would the market have already, and this is a good question, would the market in its own due time, taking care of, quote-unquote, the issue. But he continues talking about that very subject. Thus, considering this definition, discussing market failure is a contradiction in terms. There is no market failure. If transactions are voluntary, the only situation in which there can be a market failure is if there is coercion present. And the only one with the ability to coerce in a generalized manner is the state that possesses the monopoly of violence. Consequently, if someone considers that there is a market failure, I would recommend that they check if there is state intervention in the middle. If no state intervention found, suggest reanalyzing as it is definitely wrong. <laughs> I thought that's about as blunt as you're going to get, but... Look at state intervention as the first pillar of, of why something failed. That would be a novel concept for the individuals at the World Economic Forum. That's for damn sure. But we got two more clips to play here because Javier Malai doesn't just take on um, the idea of social justice or neoclassical economics or... Um, market failures he literally straight up just says what everybody would love to say about socialism in its place in today's world in my opinion this definition needs to be updated to reflect the current circumstances from my perspective today states don't need to control means of production to control every aspect of individuals lives with tools such as monetary issuance, debt, 
subsidies, interest rate control, price controls, and regulations to correct alleged market failures, they can control the destinies of millions of human beings. This is how we have reached the point where, with different names or forms, good parts of the politically accepted offers in most Western countries are generally collectivist variants. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I have no more that I can add to that other than bra-freaking-o. The, the, this entire speech, trust me, you want to listen to it all because he also breaks down a ton of the statistical stuff, a ton of the really deep economic stuff in this. I just don't think that it plays to the broadest audience possible. But he's right. You, we have to look at the classical definition of socialism and update it. We do. Because we have to understand what they are attempting to do. It is the same thing. It is just that they are not looking at the means of production as state control. It's why state um, stakeholder capitalism, that is exactly what he is taking on, is that term, right? That the well, stakeholder is the state. The stakeholder are those who hold your debt and monetary policy and da 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 Instead of the stakeholders being you producing the product and me consuming said product, everything else is out of the way. All right, but we have one more because if you didn't think he was done flipping the bird, you would be wrong. To summarize, I want to convey a message to all entrepreneurs present and those who are not, but are following us from around the globe, whether they're here or not physically. Don't be intimidated by the political caste or the parasites who live off the state. Don't yield to a political class that only wants to prolong its power and preserve its privileges. You are social benefactors. You are heroes. You are the creators of the most extraordinary era of prosperity we have ever experienced. Don't let anyone say ambition is immoral. If you earn money, it's because you provide a superior product, better price contributing to well-being. Do not yield to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story and know that from today, you have Argentina as an unconditional ally. Thank you very much and long live freedom, damn it. Long live freedom, damn it. And that's exactly right. That is an exact interpretation of exactly what he said in Spanish. Just a master class in anarcho-capitalism or at least libertarian economic theory. He's also one who's putting a lot of this into practice as much as he can, bit by bit by brick by brick by brick, in his own country. And we'll be able to see the fruits of that labor down the line, judge it by its fruit, right? In just a little bit. Well, we've never had that opportunity period point blank in our history. So I love the fact that they literally got Javier Malai on stage to tell them 
bleep yourself. That was fantastic stuff. Again, I'll link to the entirety of the 23-minute speech, but I think you get the gist of what was going on. Um, the case that he lays out is not just a moral case. It's also a statistical case, a economic case, but yes, a moral case. So hopefully you have some food for thought or things to discuss with others. I, I think a great talking point from here is that uh, talking point on free markets, on market failure. I think that's the biggest one. There's no such thing as a market failure if the market is truly free. It's If it's failing, it's failing because of why. Look to government intervention. But... I think that's a really great talking point. Ask your friends, do you think that a free market can fail? And if it's failing, why? I don't think many people have even thought of that concept. So with that, I hope each and every single one of you have a great rest of your weekend. With that, please be smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all of your meals. And as always, Matthew 547.